you know, I worked in I worked in service. When you worked in retail, you're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Transmitting that right now is Northridge. Hi, boys and girls. It's time for the Jeep Talk Show uh, roundtable, and you can hear the the Zoom people are just going steadily at it. Well, no, they they kind of time out, guys. We got to start the show. (laughs) Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So I'm trying something new. Last week we had the Zoom people on Mike's Live, everything, whenever we first started. But I warned them, you know, we were starting at 8 8 p.m. Central Time. And this week, I I thought I'd let you guys listen in a little bit of what uh, goes on before the show. Uh (laughs) <laughs> so I, I want to remind everybody tonight in the zoom room first off thank you very much for uh, for joining us and uh, i think people get a, a kick out of uh, hearing a little bit and, and it wasn't all the f f bombs you were dropping steve so i didn't get any of that so you're okay <laughs> i dropped some i, don't I, said, I should say we're okay <laughs> <laughs> not this time so uh whenever you guys uh, uh start uh, responding to me the first time you talk tonight let's uh let's get the the voice associated with the name for our listeners to uh so they get a better idea of uh who it is that's talking so if you wouldn't mind just uh before you uh, come in there to answer a question or make a comment just uh, the first time say your name and uh, first name and uh approximately where you're located um, so, uh, I just want to remind everybody that, uh, we still need your help in getting the word out. Uh, I mean, these folks right here in the zoom room and, and the ones that are in our discord uh, server have been, been doing a, a, a bang up job of uh, getting the word out about the Jeep uh, talk show. Uh, I, I'm still hearing, uh, what, what's that? Anytime I say, oh yeah, I do a podcast and Jeep talk show. I think they glaze over when you say I do a podcast, you know, cause as I said before, everybody has a podcast these days. I would imagine that three or four people here in, in the zoom room already have a podcast. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> well, you're in a oh. podcast right now. Exactly. <laughs> We're taking over Tony. Nobody told you that. Yeah, it really, this, this episode really is the roundtable episodes really are about you guys and not so much about me, but, uh, I gotta, I gotta, it's like corralling, uh, kittens, you know, you gotta, you gotta kick them back and, uh, and play occasionally. So no, if you're a regular listener to the Jeep talk show, you already know about our campfire side chat segment we've done for the last several years. We always enjoy interacting with our listeners. So we came up with a way uh, to have you join in. We call it the JTS roundtable. Everyone is invited to our roundtable to join. Just connect to our zoom. You can get Get the link information each week by subscribing to our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up. Uh, we now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress, as you've heard. Please keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. I, I do I also want to mention really quick, I did a little bit of a, a email back and forth with David Johnson of Northridge4x4.com. And, you know, just the, 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 it just struck me that he is a true Jeeper, started out in his garage and built up his business. Well, uh, David provided us with some great discount codes, or a dis- discount code, I should say, 
uh, at, during his uh, his interview, uh, gosh, when, when we had that thing back in like December, Before I believe. Christmas, yeah. yeah, still going. I mean, uh, I think John goes on there every day and says, "Well, let's see how much can I get for how much kind of a discount can I get for this?" Because it varies depending on the manufacturer. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so he provided us that great discount code. And besides the business you've already provided, David, let's tell our friends about Northridge Four by Four dot com. The current pandemic is uh, giving them challenges, and they need our business. You can hear our interview with David Johnson in episode 535, Is There Such a Thing as Too Many Jeeps? The answer to that, of course, is no. All right, guys. First off, uh, I thought I'd try something a little different here. Again, uh, anybody have any kind of announcement or anything? No announcements? No uh, events? No. Uh... My, my son has a new red Jeep. Oh, very, very nice. <laughs> Oh, I think it was blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he followed the wisdom and went with red. What is yes, your? Yes, we did. What is your? Good. What is your nun, uh, Your son's name, Isaac. Isaac Junior. <laughs> There's uh, Isaac. I got some bad news for you. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's uh, let's start off here with uh, uh, with a couple of uh, 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 quick questions, quick subjects to, to talk about. So, uh, two cheap Jeep guys, I just had to look up the, the list here and see if Bob actually had joined us or not. Uh, so, two cheap Jeep guys asked today, cheap tools or expensive tools, and why, when, or where? Um, familiarity, I think, is the main thing. I, I always buy the same Who's brand. talking? I'm John, and I'm from uh, the Austin area. <laughs> yeah, well, not from the Austin area yet, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think I found a cheap-ish brand. Like, I just kind of go with Craftsman, I think, from Lowe's because it's real close and I go get it. Uh-huh. And I think I just, I just get what's on sale, but I try to always keep the same brand. So, like, all the tools are basically all Craftsman for the hand tools, power tools. So, I just, I like keeping all the same ones. It's more an OCD thing that they oh, all have to see. Really? Yeah, I can say because I don't do that at all. I, I don't care. I just want them to work and 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 not break while I'm using them. <laughs> I think the only thing, the only the only ratchet I've ever broken is a Craftsman ratchet, and it was a long time ago too, like seventies. And they replace it for free. I guess so. Well, not necessarily anymore. This is Larry from St. Louis. So that's one thing I found out recently because I like having all my tools similar, also. But you know, Craftsman, since they've started, since they moved to Lowe's, if you have Craftsman tools that predate that, and they don't actually still have that model, you have to send them all. They give you a number, you got to send them in now. But if you have a Lowe's Lowe's version, then they replace it. Do they send you back the same thing, or th- or they try to repair it? I, I, I don't know. When they gave me the number, I just kind of eh. Oh, so it worked. But. Yeah, pretty much. It's it, they call it speed bumping. Yeah, well, let's let's put a speed but, bump but, here. Maybe they uh, maybe they'll choose a different street next time. Yeah, but as far as the normal hand tools, I like having all similar tools. And uh, as far as wrenches and ratchets, the Craftsman is what I typically will go with. But now, if you start talking, if you get into some of the I'll say higher end tools, I'm looking at some scanners and stuff like that. Then we'll pay up for that because you need all the support and everything. But if it's just a, if it's a wrench or something like that, you know, I think the Craftsman's and the Cobalt are a good middle of the road 
right? It's not a snap on you're paying four times more for, but it's still good quality. So I don't think I've ever owned a snap-on tool. Can you tell the difference between it and the other ones? And, and if so, I mean, does it like hum when you're you're using it? You just kind of get a nice hand massage while you're using it for, you know, the $500 ratchet? The Craftsman tools used to be the really nice, the, uh, the thinner ones. They're real polished, chromed and everything. They look fancier. Mm-hmm. But that was years ago. Now the rest of the tools almost all look just like them. I've got one Snap-on ratchet. It's a 3 8 drive ratchet that I really like. The only thing I'll tell you that I can feel the difference, and, and I, I guess I think you can get Craftsman the same way, but it's like the teeth count, so mm. you don't have to move it as far. So if you've right. got a really tight spot and you can only move it a little bit, you get more turn on the on the nut or the bolts or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's just a Snap-on thing or if that's just <clears> you because I, I have seen like Craftsman ratchets that have a higher teeth count or whatever on there. Yeah, this is this is Bill from Central Texas. It's funny you mentioned that because I came into work on Monday and there was a, a three eight inch drive, I guess, Icon <laughs> ratchet sitting there. Um, I guess that's kind of the Harbor Freight lifetime warranty, and uh, it had like the ninety teeth <coughs> on it on there. And so I guess a, a coworker of mine had seen that and really liked it, and you know picked one up for me and, and left it there at my my desk. And uh, I started playing with that thing, and I was like, "Wow, oh, this is actually really." really nice. So I ended up going and buying the, the half inch drive version and then the quarter inch drive version of those. But I think just in general, when it comes to tools, I think for those things that you use a lot, certainly get something nice, but then, you know, those things that you don't use all that often, or you're going to go throw it in the tool bag, then, you know, I've been, you know, buying a lot of Harbor Freight, you know, tools to just throw in a bag or whatever, you know, for kind of those emergency kind of one-time use tools. So I think it, it's just probably a mix. It really depends, doesn't it? It depends on if you make a living <laughs> using the tools or right. if it's just something you got to use to to keep things moving. Right. Well, this is Steve from uh, Aurora, <laughs> Illinois, outside Chicago. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's Harbor Freight. I'm starting to enjoy more and more when I need that one-time tool. Right. It's not. A, it's not for my job. It's not going to be used every day. But if I well. And I'm not going to spend a lot of money on a 10 millimeter because you're just going to lose the stupid thing, right? <laughs> it walks off. <laughs> but if you need that one tool that you're going to use once, maybe twice, then yeah, I'm, I'm not going to spend the money on something big. Um, I do I do pick up a really nice DeWalt ratchet set that I love. Um, but at the same time, I think you everybody mentioned Craftsman. I think everybody's elevated their game so much that there's not much difference in, in a lot of them anymore. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is uh, Lenny from Ohio. Uh, basically, like if I'm wrenching on something and I know it's really tight, I'm going to go and I like I got to put a cheater bar on it and I'm going to go grab my cheap stuff so I don't break my my expensive tools. Uh, my job has like a lot of excess tools that I just acquire under the table. So <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll grab the if I'm buying something, I'll try to get the higher grade stuff so that i know it's going to last a long time lenny keep in mind that those tools you acquire under the table now have to be reported to the irs as income well only you 12 know about them so i think i'm good <laughs> oh, it's only he's he's saying we're nobody's listening to this show yeah. <laughs> they don't know who i am He's really from Colorado. He just said Ohio. <laughs> Luke and Lenny is an alias. Oh, I meant to correct did that. We, My name is Lenny. We, we do part time. <laughs> <laughs> is 
Isaac from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And every time, well, not every time, but oftentimes when we go to like thrift stores, especially the Habitat for Humanity ones, I always scour their tool bins that they have there because you can get sockets for like 25 cents. And if you know you're short on 10 millimeter, you can just (laughs) dig through the bin and find a bunch of 10 millimeters and pick those up real cheap. So you you found the uh, like the elephant graveyard. You have found the ten millimeter graveyard at these. Uh, That's where everybody's ten millimeter. <laughs> I, I yeah. have sometimes found it. Right next, right next to the box with the single socks. <laughs> 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 well, I don't buy socks from the thrift uh, store. <laughs> that, that would be so but funny. Pockets are are just fine. <laughs> that would be so funny. You're looking at this stuff, and then all of a sudden you hear the Twilight Zone music. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny um so uh all right well i, I guess I, I guess i can understand that uh cheap tools when cheap tools are appropriate i think is what i'm getting out of this so be curious to know what bob's take on that is since he was one of those questions good boy so i have had craftsmen since i was in high school and i have started to shift away from that and go with tecton tools i like that because i've run into so many cases even with husky from home depot with the lifetime warranty where i go to take the tool back i take the craftsman ratchet back to lowe's or something and they're like oh yeah we can't replace it here's a form order it <laughs> off the internet bring it in we'll refund it or they'll send it to you for charge gear wrench same thing so there isn't that convenience the only store that is almost every time i can walk in with a tool is harbor freight with pittsburgh mm-hmm. they just no questions asked oh yeah rip it open here you go have a good day so i've started shipping tecton all i gotta do is take a picture of the broken broken audio feed or <laughs> i had no idea that tecton had that much control over the internet so that's pretty that was, interesting it wasn't tecton that was lowe's ah, <laughs> that makes more <laughs> sense a craftsman yeah. Shut him down. <laughs> you thought only 12 people were listening right now. Homeland Security was, uh, was, was uh, 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 notified. So, uh, Bill, what, how, if you mind me asking, if you don't mind me asking, how much did you have to spend on that, uh, those uh, icon, uh, like the half inch and the, uh, the three inch you got for free, uh, so to speak. But how about the the half inch and stuff? Was it expensive stuff? I'm looking at something was, here on uh, yeah. Harbor Freight, and it looks the at least this professional flex head digital angle torque wrench is three hundred and twenty nine dollars from uh, from uh, Icon. No, I think the half inch drive was like sixty, and then I think the quarter inch drive was like thirty bucks or something. Because I've I've never heard of Icon other than there's a, a a business that does something with suspension and stuff that you guys are probably more familiar with than I am. And wheels, I'm running the Icon alloy wheels. Yeah, that's right, that. that's right. Wheels. <laughs> with that, uh, that that ratcheting T thing, that's that's I saw that. I think Craftsman has it too. I think I saw it in others, but I wasn't sure. But I, I, that was a. I guess the only one other thing we didn't mention, but sometimes when we talk about the the tools is innovation. So some of the, the brands like Tecton and others will have kind of some neat ways of doing things that you haven't seen before that they've come out with. And that may be either wait until there's a, a knockoff version of it or something out there to get, or, you know, you may want to pick it up right then. So that, that that's the only time I think I would go and, and spend a little extra. 
or if it's gold plated. So mm-hmm. I did say the gold plated ratchet. Mm-hmm. Andrew has. So. Yeah, it's true. Most tempting. But, but I think he got that from Harbor Freight. Didn't they? It was Harbor Freight. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he wasn't lying. They have a gold plated ratchet. I got to tell you, Harbor Freight's expanding rapidly here in the Midwest, and I think a lot of it's because of what you know Bob was alluding to. They've got that customer service that craftsmen used to have, right? You know, you break it, you bring it in, no questions asked. It's good, right? So if you have a tool that's going to last you 10 jobs and breaks, and you get another one replaced, it makes it pretty tempting, right? Well, it seems well, like the tools are better. I mean, at least from when I went years and years ago, it seems like, you know, if, you know, they're, they're stepping up their game. They're having kind of like little higher lines, right? You can kind of get the, the super cheap ones still in the budget bin, but then they have other options that, you know, are still really affordable. So, Well, it's a great yeah. marketing idea because you're probably not going to be uh, buying anything if you don't go in the store. And I, I, I guarantee you that if you take the, the, the tool to get replaced at the store, you probably oh, I could I could use one of these while I'm here. I mean, I'm out. I might as well buy something, or you just feel like buying something. So it's it's a, it's a great marketing idea. Yeah, years ago their tools used to just be a hot mess. But yeah, the old Buffalo brands and all those that you didn't dare put any pressure on the wrench because it was going to break. But nowadays their tools are they've gotten a lot better than what they ever used to be. To Bill's point, yeah, they have. Even their cheap ones, like the basic Pittsburgh, are like I have some of their impact extensions. I've put on the on the uh, half inch drive impact and multiple ugga duggas torqued down, and they hold up just fine. So I remember watching a. I remember watching a How It's Made uh, episode where they were showing some uh, hand tools being made. And, man, it just really was very interesting. And the, sometimes they show the name uh, the name brand. They don't, they don't put it out there, you know, like they're advertising it. But I went and looked it up, and, oh, my God. And I, I don't know if it was Pittsburgh. It was something like that. And the, the tools were horrendously expensive compared to what I was used to. But boy, I mean, seeing how they were made made me want to wanted me to have some. Uh, yeah, anyway, and it also depends on how many times you're going to use it. If you need this, the let's say a half inch extension, you know, twelve inch long half inch extension or something like that that you need for one job, and I'm going to use it just once. I'm not. I don't. I don't, don't want to go in for the most expensive one. I need. I'll run up there. I'll buy it. It'll sit in the box, and that's it. So mm-hmm. really, I think your usage has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. But when you when you expand beyond hand tools, though, Larry, specifically, as you're talking about you here, you know, would you buy the cheaper welder? Would you go with the Miller or would you go with, you know, like a Rebel? I guess Rebel's not too cheap, but like, well, what, well, what's there? I think it just depends, too, on what, what your intent, you know, your purpose is there. So if you're planning on doing a lot of welding, I guess maybe if I knew someone who had one of the other welders to, kind of base it off of maybe you know i don't i don't have i don't know anybody who has experience with those welders so when you're going in 700 to a thousand dollars i don't know that, 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 that would be a that would be a hard one to to make that switch from the off-brand to the name brand because i don't know what the support on that would be it's just like your testers there right I have no experience with any of their engine, engine analyzers. They might be great. If I had someone that 
had one and has used it with some background, maybe you would, but it's kind of hard to spend that kind of money with uh, the big leap of faith. I was just thinking something that's like uh, critical, even if you're only going to use it a couple of times. Torque wrenches have gotten a lot better, but they used to be like if the cheaper torque wrenches were, I don't know if you could really count on them to give you the, the, the best readings or whatever it is, right? So you would kind of spend a little bit more and get a better torque wrench if you're doing something like an engine build or something where the torque specs were extremely right. important. You'd kind of spend, same thing with like gauges. So if you've got calipers or micrometers or something where you need that really accurate measurement, sometimes spending a little bit of money there will save you a lot of headache later as well. Right. Well, this kind of dovetails into, uh, I mean, this we're, we're really talking about the, the, the quality, the name brands. Do you, you stick with all the name brands and stuff? And that brings us to our, our next subject. Uh, John Lee, the guy that's there in the central Texas area, uh, when pl- uh, gave us this question. When planning upgrades to your Jeep, do you try to stay with the same vendor for specific systems like skid plates, body armor, lifts, etc.? Or do you mix and match? And John, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe you've had some issues uh, because that's what you tried to do. You uh, were trying to stick with like uh, uh, one company, was it Metal Cloak, uh, for your stuff, and you ran across some issues uh, trying to put uh, fit other things in with the Metal Cloak uh, uh, modifications that you've made. Well, I didn't, I didn't run into it uh, in person. It was just during my research, I kind of uncovered that it would be a problem because i didn't i didn't care a lot for the style of uh rock slider that metal cloak has but i did like their fenders especially with the uh the detachable flares so that you could kind of almost run without fenders mm-hmm. when you're on the trail and then kind of put them back on i really like the idea but with the way their fenders set on there they really sell them as kind of a system so front fenders into the rock sliders into the rear fenders kind of all go together and some of the other rock slider choices out there especially the one i was looking at don't really job with their fenders so it is kind of that's where i my personal experience came into it but um when i was putting this out there i was really talking i think it was going to be interesting on the suspension side because i know a lot of the suspension kits like some people i know will mix and match control arms with various springs and shock sets and kind of different brackets or homemade brackets and stuff like that kind of they call them franken lifts right mm-hmm. so a little bit less little of that um and the amount of R&D that goes into a lot of these suspension kits on making everything match and work like the shocks are matched with the springs and kind of getting all that together when you bother with the system how important is that so to me personally in my opinion I try to on a system like I said before like suspension versus this I try to stay with the same um, I, I didn't do that with the body armor and stuff my bumper front bumpers metal cloak rears moto built and I haven't decided on the fenders and sliders yet, so I'm not doing it there. But something like suspension, I do think it's important to stay with the same fender. Well, some of that I think you almost have to, especially if you're talking about skid plates. If you're planning on going with the whole underbelly and you start by buying one piece and then you're going to add to it, you, some of that you really have to stick to it as a system, otherwise it doesn't fit upright. Well, yeah, my uh, rear diff skid prevented me from putting that Artec truss on the rear because of how it's set up. Well, that, tr- that the diff skid and I think the metal cloak track bar bracket, the rear track bar bracket, uh, those two together made it to where I couldn't put the Artec truss on. Like, it wouldn't work. Yeah, but yeah. you get to a point where you can't stay with the same vendor. I mean, it, it doesn't, like, where, where I am on Hope, I, it doesn't matter where I go. Everything's going to have to be fabricated to some point. Even if I go with more Evo because I've got Evo suspension, 
because I've got the high lift pro um, with the coilovers, well, you know, I can adjust the spring rate and I'm going to keep changing how much it weighs because that's what I'm trying to do is lighten it up. Um, and just in moving the tire from off the back to the front, now I have to adjust the coils and I know I'm going to be, I'm already feeling how, how much stiffer it is in the back. Um, and I got, I, they had to weld um, my sliders directly onto the um onto the bracket for the lower control arms because it's a high it's a high clearance um because there's no place they could have put it where it wouldn't be interfering so even if you had gone with the evo stuff because of the set i mean yeah you can buy a system but at some point it's better to get what you want and modify it i think than to strictly stick with the system get what you want we all have skills and you can start off at some point and you just like you found, even if you mix or match, you John, you wanted to do something specific and you had to choose, you know, one thing from the other. But you could find a way to do it if you want more custom. It just depends how far you want to go that direction. I agree. I think it depends on how maybe the answer there is how far the thing is how far you're modifying. How how, how deep is the sickness? How deep is your sickness? Is oh. is what, what we're saying here. I mean, how how madly do you want to have things the way you want them? Or your exactly. wallet. Yeah, depending, wallet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, depending you, on the cost I mean, of the it, upgrades. Yeah, I mean, if you're going out every day and checking to see what something costs and your discount rates are, you might really have the sickness bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. This $200 was in Arizona. And uh, I said what Jim, Jimmy was saying, um, on our JK, same thing. I switched over lifts several times and mismatched a bunch of stuff because I was trying to get things that i like from different vendors yep but uh, the wife wanted poison spider armor stuff or sliders and bumpers and the uh, when i put the rock crawler three link on the rear which moves all the mounts up so the frame is the lower lowest part of it you don't have that big mount hanging down there anymore well i had to modify those sliders to get the I had to take them off and modify them and then weld the controller mount on the frame and then Put everything back on, make sure it fit. You know, not the end of the world, but as long as you're prepared to do that and cut it up and make it work, then you, you can still keep majority of what you want and the look you're looking for. Yeah, Tom, that's exact same. That's exactly what I had. I have poison spider sliders, and I have the high. Yeah, they had to move the mount for the the lower control arm, just like you said. And, it, and even if I had gone with Evo stuff, it would have been the same problem because you have to have an arm right. back there, and that arm. That new that new lower control arm mount is now where anyone would point that mount, including the manufacturer that made that lift. And then you get I'm to more point where you're modifying exactly. it. Like the sliders I've got, I want to put a little bit of a, a an extra hoop on it. So eventually, I'm going to grind on it. And I'm going to weld on my own piece on the back of it because even what is out there isn't really what I want anymore. Tom, more importantly, if your wife's telling you to go get this poison spider, all the parts. Yes. <laughs> Run and get him. <laughs> no question. It. Just go get him. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> do it. Do it now. <laughs> doesn't mean his wife doesn't have the sickness too. Oh no! Obviously, she uh, does. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great. She does. We're a four. We're a four G family, so she has a sickness just as bad. There you go. That's great. <laughs> well, I think I think it was John that said um, there's. No one manufacturer, and I, I think I might be saying it a little different, but there's no one manufacturer that does everything you like. You see things 
from other groups or even individuals that are maybe building a business. Like, wow, that's a really cool way of doing that. I never thought about that before, and I, I didn't see that on the the manufacturer that I really like. I mean, I, I like brand loyalty. Uh, I when I went to get the motor built uh, the moto built bumper uh, for the Gladiator. I was, it was just a crapshoot to me. I didn't know anything about anybody with modern day Jeep parts. And I tried to research it and I had run across uh, some other manufacturers, but I just got the feeling that that was like um, almost like an eBay uh, type of uh, bumper system. And uh, I went with Motobilt. And then when I got it here and felt it and saw how it was put together, I was really happy with my choice. And it was a no brainer. Uh, going with uh, the the rear uh, bumper for the Gladiator from from Motobilt, so I stayed with the same company, and they're both Crusher Series bumpers. So I guess that you know it's like even the same segment uh, of uh, of bumpers that they sell. But really, I did it because of the quality. And of course, it wasn't until I got the rear bumper that I found out that uh, Bender, um, King of the Hammers fame, uh, was the one that was welding it. And I went, well, no wonder it's so nice. <laughs> Well, I think half the fun is, is, you know, doing the build, right. Doing all the research and kind of figuring out, you know, for what you want to do. It's, you know, going in in forums and just doing all that research and then, you know, kind of figuring it out and putting all the pieces together and making it your Jeep, you know, not a, you know, a rolling, you know, catalog showcase for Motobilt or, you know, Terraflex or, or whatever. Right. I mean, that's, that's the fun, at least in, in my opinion is. Oh no, yeah, unless, I agree. Unless you got a YouTube channel and you're getting all these sponsors, you've got to go with what you can afford and you gotta budget accordingly, right? You may go higher on one item and lesser on another. Now I have to caution you, do not attack Larry on on this. He's one of those Zoom members. <laughs> yeah. He isn't, trust me. <laughs> Larry, has, Larry. Larry has a YouTube channel if you guys aren't are, are familiar with it. Larry, I, I ask this uh, all the time. What's the name of the, the YouTube channel? The the good one, not the other one. It's Jeeping Mo. <laughs> right, right, right here. M-O. Right there. Yep. Cool beans. Yeah, go check it out. Trying to order a shirt, Larry, but something's not working on your site. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> no? And people always tell it tell you in public. <laughs> I'll get with you offline, sorry. <laughs> Wait now. <laughs> Well, it's only 12 people listening. That's what I was going to say. I'll say that the, the quality of the shirt is really good. Oh, it's a very, very it, nice shirt. We don't really know if those charts Tony puts up are real. I mean, it's not really hard to fabricate a graph. It's not. <laughs> exactly. It's so wizardry. It's not hard at all. <laughs> Need some uh, JTS shirts. I haven't even seen those. Yeah, we had some up on Teespring for a while, and then they uh, they sent us a nasty a nasty note about uh, hey, we need a, a an a authorization from Jeep for us to continue printing these uh, these Jeep talk show shirts. So we we'll change it to Jeeping talk show. We call it uh, Jeeping yeah. Mo talk show. Uh, there you go. <laughs> just just so you know, you got to go all the way to the bottom where it actually asks you the questions because I, I don't have a Teespring or. A, you know, a merch channel or a merch site on there yet. So it's all, it's all manual. Once you, once you, uh, message me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, w- I had a few shirts uh, done like that too. Uh, I can always yeah. find somebody else uh, t- to do it. I'm sure, uh, and uh, and people have already pointed this out. Since I mentioned, it, I'll, I'll I'll mention this. It's not the same font, uh, which uh, you know, it's the same word, but it's the same word that's been being used since uh, World War II, long before the Jeep company was uh, was in business. Uh, I mean, you know, they got the the billions of dollars, and they can drag you through court for forever and ever. So. Uh, they'll win, but uh, I would hope that uh, the, uh, the this uh, podcast, in some small way, uh, contributes to their bottom line, and maybe that's why they're uh, they're being nice to us. Contribute to uh, Northridge's bottom line recently. I hope so. Uh, I mean, uh, we we talk a lot about Northridge four by four. I know, uh, like I said earlier, I like how you get on there and, and you're just randomly going and seeing what kind of discounts you can get, uh, John. I think that code probably has. Uh, contributed to you having more stuff than what you would have had before. We're probably getting all excited from all the site traffic and getting 300, 400 hits a day. And in reality, it's just John. <laughs> just <checking laughs> I was going to say, one person is shopping enough for everybody who listens to the show. <laughs> I will say, I did have a, I did have a pickup with them today, though. Um, those KC lights, I got an email saying that they had dropped shit from the vendor. And I hadn't heard anything like a week and a half. So I contacted Northridge. And I will say, contacting was great. It was the chat on their website, and it was like instantaneous. And he called KC, and he comes back, and he says, "Oh, I guess they don't make that kit anymore." Oh no! So they're just going to refund the money, and I'm like, um, "Okay." So I'm actually looking at the Lux lighting stuff that Bill has because I really like the magnetic snap on or whatever. It looks really cool. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, but so yeah. John, so on those uh, KC lights, I ordered that same kit you did from Northridge. And I actually need to call them, but they said they were actually going to upgrade when I originally called them in December, that they were going to upgrade to the version two that Casey had on those rock lights. So well, I, I did ask him that. I haven't got my refund yet. So I, that was, I did ask him the same question. I remember you saying that. So I asked him about the V2 kit versus the, I guess the one that's on their site. So I'm just waiting on them to, to get back to me. But if they don't have the V2 kit, or that's not something they're going to do for me, maybe you were just super special. Um, then I'll go with the probably the Lux. So no, um, they they are on the Casey's website. The V 2s they are in stock. So I don't know. So I wasn't going to mention this. I just uh, was at the top of the show mentioning let's uh, support David and Four by Four Northridge Four by Four dot com and helping. But I'll mention this. It probably will explain your situation, John. They've had fifty percent of their employees out because of COVID. Oof. Oh well, they're. I'll tell you this, the Northridge site, I think this is more of an issue with KC. It sounded like KC hasn't communicated to them because they didn't know. And as soon as they found out, they were they were on it. I don't think it was an issue with Northridge. I think it was more. Well, you, you were buying it from Northridge and Northridge should have been telling you, hey, it's been a week and a half. We haven't shipped this yet. Sorry about this. We checked into it. Yet, 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 because of customer service. And that's what I would expect from that company. But I think that with their... Uh, a lot of their people out it, it, it that's just you know causing a, a communication issue so and and i don't know i'm just guessing and i thought that might uh uh sometimes it's nice to have an idea of why and that might be one of the reasons why it's fair enough yep it makes you feel better hey, hey, on they got back to them they got back to them which is better than four wheel parts would ever do <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> But that's why I was saying it was like literally whenever I hit the little contact support button or whatever, I mean, it, it popped up and it wasn't some automated system asking, how can I help you? It was a dude named Brad Wiley. <laughs> he popped up and he was like, 
blah, blah, blah. And then less than 20 minutes later, I had an email from him, you know, kind of telling me what was going on. So the power tank is, it's on its way. Um, but the KC lights were the problem. So John, when you were talking to, what was it Brad Wiley? Did you, did you mention the Jeep talk show to him? I, t- I told him I used the Jeep talk show discount. <laughs> did he say, what's that? <laughs> no, he what's, said, okay, what's cool. the Jeep talk show? Just, I think that was just an auto response. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've not found many places with service as good as Northridge. Oh, it's amazing just amazing i mean i it's so good i haven't had to use it i've just ordered my stuff and it's hundred pound bumpers have been here in three days with free shipping so, so I, it's just amazing I gotta, sorry i gotta ask andrew's in a drive-thru right now so yeah. getting food. oh here. tacos where is he it's, what, what are you it getting is there, Tuesday. Chick-fil-A. chick-fil-a he's making the order getting canes how can anybody ruin fried chicken? I mean, that is the most tasteless dry chicken I have ever it's had. It's a dipping sauce. It's good. I know. That's what everybody says. You got to have the no options. Sauce is the thing. It's like the, the the steak is good as long as you put ketchup on it, uh, Larry. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you're saying you don't want a sponsorship from Canes? I yeah. no. <laughs> he would turn it down. <laughs> My daughters would love it. Metal they, is pretty good too. What is it? Isn't ketchup red? <laughs> it is red. I love ketchup. <laughs> I love ketchup on steak. Yeah, I said it. If it's a good thing Chuck's steak, not in here tonight. You can put whatever you want on it. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm totally going to put that. I, I, I'm going to put that on Discord just so you can get roasted by Chuck for that. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> me. Where's my phone? Here, I'm going to do it right Chuck now. Chuck is a... He's going like, to show up on the show before the end yelling at you. Chuck is a uh, self, uh, self-described self non-technical person that uh, we got on uh, Discord. He's a rancher, the- and he raises his own meat out there, so... Uh, yeah, and that's what I usually ask whenever we go to a steak place. I'll the waiter will waitress will say, "Is there anything else I can get for you?" And say, and I'll look at my wife. I said, "Did you need ketchup for your steak?" Is like, "Oh my God, no!" <laughs> 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 well, you know what I do to you guys. You can imagine what I do to her. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another question from a two cheap Jeep guys, uh, aka Bob. Um, so, uh, how about fuel for trips? Has anybody gone the, the route of oversized fuel tank or gas can mounts, uh, fuel on their trailer or just good planning? This is Andrew Prather from West Texas. And I went with a, uh, Genrite 31 gallon gas tank in my, uh, LJ from, uh, Genrite. Oh, nice. That about, that was about 10 grand, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. Oh, I thought you meant to fill it up there. No, I'm just talking about Genrite. It says Genrite on it. That's a 75% price increase for that label. (laughs) I will say that I've looked into the Genrite tanks, and for fuel tanks, they're right up there with anybody else who makes a replacement tank cost-wise. Yeah, I'm just messing. Genrite makes good stuff. I'm not... Not dog and whatever. It's just it's just well, you, normally. You, you didn't say it wasn't good stuff. You just said it was expensive. It's Snap On, right? <laughs> That's what you didn't write a Snap On. I wonder why Snap On yeah, never got crazy. into making uh, Jeep parts. That just sounds like the thing to do. Because <laughs> of the name, I don't want Snap On. I've got a Rotopax mount <laughs> on the back of the JK. I don't carry it very often. It's one of those if I'm going on a really long trip. Yeah, I'm not sure where the next stop might be. Then I'll I'll carry it or. When I've used it, it's always been for somebody else. 
I've never had to use it. JK does pretty good on mileage. <laughs> I would think these days that you, you know, with uh, GPS and, uh, I mean, just it, on your phone, you can plan um, actively. I mean, as you're, as you're going along uh, and make sure that you're, you're getting fuel. Uh, I, I, I guess a, a side question this would be is how far do you let it uh, the, let the fuel get down to before you start looking for fuel? Is it a quarter tank, a half tank? What? Well, if I'm no, on, a, on a road, road trip, it's a half a tank. I'm looking for a gas station just to make sure, just in case you get stuck in bad weather or something happens. And I, have to, I sit there idle with AC or, or with a heater on, and I want to make sure I don't run out of gas. Right. Our trips out here off road are different than you guys at the parks. You guys can get back to a trailer or do whatever. You know, we're, we may be miles and miles up in a canyon or up on a mountain away from the nearest gas station. So, full tank when you leave the trailers is almost a guaranteed must. So, what you're saying is carrying a jerry can with you and charge extra money to the people that need gas on the trail. <laughs> Depends on who they are. If I don't know them, yeah, I'll charge a regular price. Gladiator yep. drivers. Somebody yeah, I was just going to say, now it's his time to say, yeah, if they're gladiator drivers, we don't even sell it to the, those, those oh, times. <laughs> just admit it. You're, char- you're charging rental car refill rates. <laughs> Only eight ninety five a gallon. Supply and demand, man. You're on the, like you said, on a canyon somewhere way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but then they may not find his body. <laughs> yeah, we, we built a Swing out for a trip to uh, Arizona. We was gonna go go to this year, or I should say last year. The hold the Jerry can, but the trip got canceled before we ever got finished with it. So it's ready for the next trip. Like a five gallon Jerry can, or yes. Originally I built it to put two of them on air, and I thought that's a that's a lot of fuel to be. Yeah, it's uh, a big explosion. There, so. <laughs> in, a, in a metal can hanging off the back, just waiting for that rear ending. Well, it's high at least, so you got to be up there pretty high to be able to hit. <laughs> With the weight? Oh, the, weight. the weight, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Bill, you run Rotopax on yours, don't you? I just run like a two-gallon Rotopax, and I mean, just enough to kind of, if I, you know, get stuck where somewhere on the trailer I get low I can I can and I've I've used it several times the problem is is you look at the little range gauge on there and you think you're fine and then you start you know getting on the trail and you're getting you know really crappy gas mileage and suddenly you know your fuel lights coming on you know it's like well okay I thought I thought I had plenty of fuel so yeah I'll just keep two gallons on there to you know fill it up to, to get off the trail and get to a gas station. I went the same direction. Uh, but of course I haven't been on the manly, uh, off-road trips like, uh, Tom has where men are men and, uh, they carry enough gas for everybody. Uh, but the, the I thought I figured the two gallon, you know, if I'm, if I'm like uh, at hidden falls or one of those places where you're not really very far from, a uh, a station is like two gallons would probably be enough. Uh, and that's, uh, that's what I did with the gladiator. I've got like a, what is it? Two and a half or something. Uh, I can't remember that rotoback uh, thing. Yeah. So like two and a half or something like that, which I was really surprised that uh, something that size doesn't hold Well, they're thin, but uh, you know, I, I was more along the lines of the, the five gallon thinking, uh, I do have a Jerry can, but I never had a mount for it. Uh, but, uh, like you guys mentioned, you got the weight and also too, what's going to happen to all that, um if if you're involved in an accident of course that's one of the things i like about having the uh, the rotopack and the gladiator because it's in the the bed you could still get uh punctured i suppose but it's less likely well what's that uh, make it a ford pinto 
Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's that uh that valve system you did? Bill was telling me about that showed me the other day that we had fixed in the roto packs with the problem you're having. Um, so I well, so I added a, a valve, right? Because you know, none of the, the fuel tanks have a you know a little air valve, right? And the, so I added that. So I added a I found a like a metal one you can you drill it and then it pops in and then you can seal it. So I added that. And then I upgraded the the nozzle to one that was like uh, aluminum on there. It's like an upgraded nozzle. I was having problems with the plastic Rotopax nozzle with going into Colorado and changing altitude. It, it would, mm -hmm. you know, I would get with all the pressure, you know, in the Rotopax there, and then it would blow out the seal. And I think at one point the plastic cap there that you know you put on there to, to close it off actually cracked on there, and so mm -hmm. I had problems with fuel just. You know, you go go back there and you see fuel just dribbling down the side of the the roto packs on there, and it wasn't just me. I think my buddy had kind of the the same problem, so I kind of went in there and added that vent, and that second little valve there, and then I upgraded the the nozzle to something a little bit nicer that's metal, so that you know I wouldn't have to deal with it cracking. So this is air pressure related, correct? Not yeah. not heat mm -hmm. or cold. Okay, so I, I guess if you if you you, I guess you could get away, get around that just by making sure you wouldn't release the pressure every so often when you're changing altitude. Oh, yeah. Well, that, sure. me that metal jerry can I got, I didn't catch it one of the nights. It got cold out, and it cavitated really bad. I got to blow it back up. <laughs> it, sucked, it sucked in real hard. <laughs> Blowing up the gas can. Love it. <laughs> so when we go over the pass up at the Eisenhower Tunnel, we'll fill up <clears> – <throat> And we carry jerry cans on the trailers when we go out to Moab or Arizona or somewhere. And as we go up, we make a pit stop because I travel with a bunch of people who just can't live without Starbucks, apparently. <laughs> but the convenient thing with that stop is we can release the pressure on the jerry cans. And then when we're part way over and we get towards Vail, we open them again. Because as you go up, they're just like they're going to blow up. They'll round all the way out. If you let them all the way, if you let the pressure off up top, by the time you start coming back down, they're caving in real bad just from the elevation change. Amazing. Makes sense. But I've never, I've never experienced that firsthand. That's, yeah. a, that's a Texas luxury we have, Tony. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> the problem Colorado is just, you know, in a single day, the amount of, altitude change you know like even out there in silverton you're ray right you're kind of down in telluride next thing you know you're up at you know 12 13 thousand feet right <laughs> you know in, in a single day in a very short amount of time so you know just all that up and down and up and down like i said those i'm starting i'm starting to out. understand you're the reasoning uh for uh doing the fix that you did because you you could spend a lot of time over to the side of the road uh doing nothing interesting <laughs> smelling gas <laughs> so this when is guys, go ahead well i was gonna say uh something you see quite a bit when you go out to the trails is guys have the roto packs and they throw them up on the roof rack of their new forerunner oh, no. or something and they get up high and that roto packs won't hold that seal blows out they never they don't know to stop and check pressure or anything or let the pressure out so they're up high. They get to a day where it's 80 degrees up at any elevation. So the fuel has expanded a ton. 
and just blows out and just drenches their new forerunner in gas. Yeah, Texas license plates, right? <laughs> <laughs> they might. <laughs> So, uh, jumping over to our, our next uh, subject here, uh, Mudman084 uh, sent in this one. Uh, quick disconnect, sway bars or anti-rock sway bars or Josh? <laughs> Are you going to call Josh in on this one? I think he needs to call him in. I invited him. I invited all the uh, the hosts tonight. They even sent them the the link. But uh, you know how you know how it is. They uh, I'm just glad they show up here on the, our Thursday night recordings. <laughs> I'm uh, I run the uh, with the Rubicon. I've got the electronic sway bar disconnect. So if we're doing the trail like to Colorado or something like that, I, I normally use that. But if I get to the park or somewhere, if I'm like where Tom's talking about, I know it's going to be off road for a long time, long trail. I'll use the manual, so that's that's how the manual disconnects as well. So oh, that's interesting. I both. That's interesting. So you wear a belt and suspenders. Basically, yeah, and it works great. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, have you had any trouble with the uh, the automatic uh, disconnect? I, I know that that was problematic. I think on the JKs, and uh, I, I don't think I've run across anybody that's actually had an issue with one. No, I mean, if you're not like perfectly level, it'll just sit there and blink forever. And so you kind of move forward a little bit, but normally you hit the button to turn it off or you go above 15 miles an hour or whatever it is and it automatically reconnects on you. Um, yeah. Which is why I made all this connected parks. And uh, you normally just, as you're normally driving, it'll eventually click in and, and lock up. That happened to me. I was at an off-road park and I went from one trail. I got done with the trail and we drove over to the next one. I guess I hit about 15 because they locked in. Next thing I know, I'm on a trail and my I bottomed out because my my friend uh, right side didn't drop the way I was expecting it to, and I looked down. I said, "Oh crap! My lock sway uh, bar reengaged." So you got to pay attention to that when you do the electronics. They need a female voice like they have in the F-16s that say "pull up, pull up." You know, and they need the same thing for the the Rubicons and the uh, the track bar. Yeah. yeah. When I go to Colorado, I just. I just take the, the links off. I mean, I have a, there we a go. Rubicon with the electric, but the, the constant auto engaging and then disengaging and, you know, just like, I, it just drives me nuts. I, I just want to turn it off and have it stay off mm-hmm. and yeah. it doesn't do that. Right. So I, when I get to Colorado, I just, I go in and I pull the links off and, and they stay off for the, you know, the entire week or whatever. Okay. Even, okay keep even in- down 550. Huh? Even down 550. Yes. <laughs> Once you the one saying that that makes it really easy to put them back on with the electronic disconnected. That's true. That's the only thing I like about it. That's the only thing I do like about the electronic stuff with the taser is I go, I, I disengage the, you know, the electronic sway bar and it makes it super easy to put the links back on. That's the only thing I use it for. Oh, I can see that. That's a really neat trick. I'm I'm glad you told me that last time because I always brought my uh, hammer. No. <laughs> it just takes it's such a pain in the ass to get the manual disconnects back on sometimes i'm gonna and, and i'm gonna cut my sway bar in half that sounds like it'd be a great way to get the uh those end links back on so uh no don't do that i'm i'm being facetious uh so uh that w- the manual tell me about what this manual thing is that's not part of the of the jeep you've added a uh, quick disconnect mine, or something to it mine came with metal cloaks uh game changer kit it's the manual sway bar end links and it's what I like about it, it's got like a little post that mounts to the frame. 
So when you disconnect it from the bottom, you can swing it up and use the same cotter pins to connect it up on the frame, oh, and they're up out of the way. I agree with that 100%. I won't have disconnects that I can't you know, keep right there, uh, and, and preferably all the parts stay with it. Yeah, this one, you just pull a pin, pull it off the bottom, swing it up, and put it on the frame, and then pop the pin back in, and you're good to go. See, I have, I have the Terraflex ones, and the pro problem I'm running into is when they're up, when I'm flexing, I turn and I'm pushing into them. That's not good. Yeah, I run I the same set of John awesome. runs, the same metal cloak ones, and they're like you said, they're great. Pop them off the pins, put them up out of the way, and then when you're ready, just get the hammer out and put them back on. Yeah, I went with the, I, yeah, the JKS nah. on the uh, the Gladiator. That's what I run too. They fit perfectly fine in the center console. <laughs> well, in this, fact, I don't even put them there anymore. I just handed my son, and he puts them there. These these don't uh, they don't come off. Uh, they they spin in place, and then you hook them up at the on the, in the inside the fender. And the Terraflex one uses the body mount for the up position. Really? Yeah, yeah. You do the bo the bo the bolt on the body mount, and that's where their bracket goes on to. I think the metal cloak one just taps into the frame or whatever. He just kind of bolts up there. It's Real, yeah. real nice position. Has anyone so ever seen the, the Icon ones in person? Say again, Jim. Has anyone ever seen the Icon ones in person? The, the links where you you click them and they they go auto auto extended. They like telescope instead of um, disconnecting the actual sway bar. You have a, a a hard sway bar, and then the Icon links like they telescope in and out when they're needed. <laughs> Not like my shocks buddy, or my, that, that Apex stuff. has that. My buddy has those. And that's oh, Apex. I'm, I'm sorry. Not, yeah. not Icon. Apex. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to go to next. A bunch of people in my club run them, and they're nice. You reach down, you flip a knob, and you're disconnected. Well, I've only used the uh, the JKS um, quick disconnects once, and that was at that uh, 101 class. And uh, I didn't get to see it myself, but uh, the, uh, the instructor was very impressed with the amount of flex that that Gladiator was getting with... Uh, uh, in fact, he thought I was still connected. He couldn't believe how much flex I was getting uh, up on a uh, uh, an obstacle. And uh, I said, no, I, I, I disconnected the uh, the sway bar while we were waiting in line. And uh, so I really like him. He actually gave me uh, some sort of idea, and I need to go back and ask him about getting more flex out of the, uh, the rear of the Gladiator. Um, something from TerraFlex is all I remember. Yeah, I don't know. I'll bring it up. I thought maybe uh, you, you guys would go, oh, yeah, yeah. So what about the, you know, we've talked about the uh, the sway bars, the anti-rocks. Oh, we haven't talked about the anti-rock sway bars. Does anybody do the anti-rock? I always thought that would be a, a real cool idea. And I think the repeating thing yeah, I heard it was it, it's like it's, it's neither disconnected or connected. It's kind of in between. And why would I want to have an in-between situation? That's been my hesitation. I'm like, if it's it can't be as good as a normal sway bar, and it can't be as good as fully disconnected. It's the way I've always looked at it. But I mean, I've watched like the Light Bright videos, although I'm sure they're they're probably sponsored. But I mean, it looks like it's pretty good as a disconnect if you do. But from what they said, you need to do both the front and the rear to get the full benefit out of it. But I, I don't know. I, it just seems like there's a lot more money I could spend elsewhere where I can just pull it quick disconnect and take it up out of the way. Or another or, one that has like two portion bars that you kind of flip a lever and so it has like two settings so it's kind of like an anti-rock but then you know you have the one torsion bar engages and then when you flip the lever over it engages the second one and stiffens it up for like street use what's anybody it's know terraflex 
Is that the Terraflex one? Yeah, I think it's Terraflex. Might have been the one Tony was just talking about. Uh, somebody told me about that one, and I don't remember who it was, but I remember it being more expensive. It is than the Anti Rock. <laughs> yeah, the Terraflex one is way expensive compared to the Anti Rock. Like seven hundred bucks. The or something? Rock, if you, yeah, the Anti Rock. If you set them up right, they they'll work the way you know a lot better than than obviously I have this toolbar, but. Um, the problem is, if you think about it, if you go totally disconnected and you're flexing, what's your limit? Your limit is either your shocks or your coil falls out or your control arms are stretched to the max. You're putting pressure on everything else um, or, your, or your, your drive shaft is, is keeping things from going too much further. If you set the anti-rocks up the way they're supposed to be, you can actually flex almost to that same limit. And not overstress all your stuff and break mounts off. That's why TJs tend to break mounts off the track bar mounts off so badly. So they overflex them. Hmm. What about on the road? I mean, is they are softer on the road, even because they're connected all the time. They are definitely softer than a regular sway bar. So it just depends on how much road miles you do and how how much you may or may not want some body roll. But they are definitely softer. I so, think the TJs still have. Four or five holes where you can make them softer, easier. But JKs, there's only there's only one setup, you know, one hole. You know, you can't adjust firmness on it. Not something you see in the brochure. Only one hole available on the JK. So I'm looking at uh, the dual <laughs> rate or said. trail <laughs> trail rate. There, here it goes again. <laughs> I think Larry started <laughs> drinking. Um, so, so uh, is it the trail rate? Uh, I mean, they've got these things for the TJs, uh, the JKs, and uh, uh, trail rate. No, it'd be the uh, dual rate. Tony. Okay, the dual rate ST front sway bar. I see. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was not seven hundred dollars, or maybe it was at one time. It's now a thousand eighty three ninety nine. I mean, just put make it eighty four. Come on, my God, ninety nine. So, uh, yeah, it, I like the idea behind it. That, that sounds like a really cool idea, and it sounds like a, uh, more of a, um, a good way to have more articulation off-road and less on-road. I think John should buy one. He's been buying a lot of stuff recently. Should uh, buy one and report on it. Like I said, I got other, uh, other priorities on that since I got the manual disconnects. <laughs> need sliders and fenders. The I'm actually really worried about the fenders, to tell you the truth. I think I'm going to have bump stop problems. So I'm trying to, I need to get somewhere where I can flex it out a little bit. I'm, I'm finally at 400 miles. I've only got 100 to go oh, wow. to get my break in done. I don't know where you are, Bill, but. I'm at um, 350. I'm right at, um, it's, it's a race. <laughs> so, so Christmas 2022 is going to be a big time for you, John. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to try to do, uh, the gear oil change or whatever next weekend. So that way I figured give me one more week. I might be able to get it, but so yours was like a month after mine, right, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> Set up a, uh, a video camera so we can see all the little metal flakes uh, come out while you're draining oh, the oil. Not. <laughs> you know, a, a good uh, YouTuber would uh, uh, redo that uh, and just put a lot of uh, glitter in it. So that would get a lot of views. And oh my God! So you could even start up a GoFundMe page to help pay for your <laughs> pay for your new ring and pinion. <laughs> so anyway, we we've talked about uh, sway bars. We've talked about the anti rock sway bars. You know, the quick disconnect the sway bars, the anti rock sway bars. Now let's talk about Josh. 
does anybody run around without a sway bar connected 24 7 no yes no. on my on my grand cherokee i don't have a sway bar front or rear try driving that at 65 miles an hour on the freeway it's not exactly hey can you really say josh is running around when his jeep isn't running <laughs> well, that's why he's running. <laughs> now you know yeah, why. You know what? Run. I have done that. I have left the sway bars disconnected for months at a time when it sits in the garage. When the <laughs> axles were underneath it for the four months during COVID. It's really interesting. I, I fully expected Tom to say that, that he has a Jeep where the, the sway bar is not connected. I do not find it being a big deal to drive. Uh, I now have the XJ has leaf springs on the back, so that kind of you know keeps that in in line. But uh, for the front, I I mean yeah, it's different. But I, I just don't do turns at thirty five miles an hour. Uh, you know, I just it's, it, it's really easy to get used to. Uh, the only the only thing I would be concerned about would be a panic situation where you've got something in front of you that you've got to you know do a a nice you uh, around very quickly. You haven't driven in Chicago. Well, Tony, I, I, I was going to say Cherokee. that. I was going to say Cherokee and my grand Cherokee. I was going to say the holes in the road out here, uh, like even I-70 or 285 going through the mountains, you hit one of those big potholes. And is isn't just a spot. It's a three-foot-long, two-foot-wide hole. And you need all the help you can get when that TJ hits that thing because you're going all over the place. I, I was going to say it sounds like you'd want to be disconnected uh, <laughs> for something that <laughs> something obstacle like that. But yeah, I get what, what you're saying. It, it's different going fast or going slow. It's different at seventy versus seven. I don't know about you, you people with potholes. Gee whiz, I've seen it on the <laughs> same memes and stuff out there. That's going to be horrible. Especially when you're uh, having to pay uh, road taxes for it. Take I take the potholes in Chicago over the unpredictable drivers in Texas. That's saying something. Interesting. Is that uh, all People the time? In Chicago or it's raining? Are very very aggressive drivers, but they're predictable. <laughs> That's true. You know when someone's going to cut you off in Texas. You don't know it because they're not doing it to be a jerk. They just completely ignore the fact that you're even there. Yeah, it's been a number of times I've said it's big, it's red. How did you miss it? How, you know, it's right here, and you know it's lifted and noisy, and you still uh, got right over here in front of me. I like it when they pull yeah, out I of think the. Josh uh, can go without the sway. I think Josh can go with the sway bars because no one ride, no one drives cars over in Portland anymore. Well, they're all really very very mellow unless they're riding in uh, in Oregon. <laughs> that would be all the wacky tabaggy. <laughs> <laughs> But like Bill said, he runs no sway bars on five fifty. That's the one that <laughs> I still can't get over because I've been on that. I've been on that highway myself, and it's it's scary. The, they're all scary at one point or another. Uh, I just don't know how you guys do it. Uh, how you dr- drive in the the snow and the ice? I mean, it, it freezes up here occasionally, and you come to a stop and uh, all of a sudden the vehicle starts sliding sideways. You know, what do you do then? Steering's not even uh, any, any kind of a thing. It's just whichever direction the wind's blowing you or the, uh, well, the arc you, of the, the, the ground. Momentum's your friend's speed, your enemy, right? Um, I learned to drive in the snow on a five liter Mustang convertible. So after driving that thing in the oh, snow, no. I can drive anything. Yeah. That back end was just all over the place. It's like anywhere else. You go to um, Arizona. I was in Arizona and Phoenix, what's called their monsoon season, right? And 
that oil, you got to remember that oil builds up on the road all year long and they get most of the rain in July. I hydroplaned. I'd never hydroplaned in my life. And this was some rain. So if, it's one of those things. If you know where you're at and what you're doing, you're used to it. It's okay. But I was there and I just had no idea that that oil would just stack on the road like that. It was a, it was fun. <laughs> it sounds like it. Hydroplating is not fun at all, especially when you're moving down the the road pretty good. And well, I hit the curb pretty pretty hard and jacked up the wheel, but fortunately yeah. it was rental. So, oh yeah, that does sound good. So, uh, and uh, talk about uh, hitting the wheel and jacking up the the rental. Uh, this uh, episode has come to an end. I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, quick rundown: We had uh, Bob, two cheap Jeeps, uh, John, uh, Larry, Steve O, Jim. Uh, Mudman084, who is Josh. He is not to be confused with the No Sway Bar Josh. Uh, we had Tom P., Andrew uh, P., Bill A., uh, and uh, Chris Scott, and Isaac, and Isaac's son, also Isaac. Uh, keeps it really good. I, I wonder if Isaac, every child he has, is going to name you know the same thing, kind of like George Foreman did. Uh, that's, that's an idea, Isaac. If you do, that was my idea first. And uh, Randy. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if the uh, state likes it when you do that, or the Social Security Administration. I know the health department hates it because they don't have a good spot to put in a senior and a junior. <laughs> if you share birthdays, I'm sure it's even worse. Oh, that'd be great for twins or triplets. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great night. Thank you very much for being here. And again, we'll uh, be here next week. Uh, and then we record the show every Tuesday. Go over to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact and sign up for our newsletter uh we only really want to have you guys get the newsletter so you can get the link so you can join us in the zoom room um i mean i try to put it out like in uh, discord you should also join our discord server uh oh and i don't know if everybody noticed or not but uh, uh, uh greg henderson uh wanted to call call him bob greg henderson uh joined our uh, discord server today briefly which it's it's like having chuck the rancher out in kansas uh, join us they they're both non-technical people and uh, you know non-social media i should say because they do a lot of work uh and other things but boy they just uh, they, they can they can load an app and they can get their lickety split so it was great to have uh, see greg uh, show up in our discord server greg henderson uh unofficial use only and uh, he's probably listening to this and going, don't tell people I'm on there. They're going to give me hell. Oh, uh, well, it's it's good. So, there needs to be some ammunition uh, so people can p- pay you back, Greg. <laughs> so uh, join us next week. And, of course, join us this Thursday. And uh, I guess I should say, if you don't already know, the Jeep Talk Show is doing three episodes a week. And uh, actually, before we go, I'd like to ask a quick question. Uh, now, if you don't like the roundtable, you're probably not going to hear this question. Uh, I'll try have to try to remember to ask it on the, one of the other episodes. Um, that we actually got some feedback that uh, uh, a listener downloads the the podcast automatically, all the episodes automatically, but deletes the roundtable episode. I'd like to know if uh, there's uh, something you don't like about the roundtable. If it's me, that's great. Uh, I'm thinking about having John. You know how we throw John into actually. Uh, 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 leading the uh, the the trail ride uh, back September the Jeep Talk Show event, I'm thinking about just making him the uh, the host, and I'll just sit here and make wise ass comments the whole show. I like that. Oh, he can blame me when it's like twelve thousand downloads. <laughs> hey, if it went to if it went to a hundred thousand, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> well, we can try doing uh, interview during the roundtable, and then. 
give out the secret call-in information and then have it when the show releases at, you know, whatever, nine o'clock in the morning or whatever time it is in the morning that it releases on Wednesday. That's just when the start time is. And then oh my everybody God. who is in the round table is going to try calling, you know, right on the dot or a minute after to get that freebie. And you weren't in, you just don't know about it. So if you guys, if you guys don't have children, this is something that you, <laughs> this is something that you, you learn. You can filter out 120 decibel screams. <laughs> Unless it's a unless it's a scream of pain or injury, it's filtered out. Anyway, with that, I'm going to say have a great night, and we'll see you again next week. Podcasting since 2010.